the frying pan. And into the fire, run. Run! Welcome to episode 13 of Out of the Frying Pan, a Middle-earth strategy battle game podcast that's so full of golden treasure, you could call it an egg. Uh, my name's Stuart and I'm here with Dan. How's it going, Dan? Yeah, well, not bad, not bad. I'm, I'm glad that one came out alright. It's uh, <laughs> one of the ones I, finally, I have put some input into that, so that's mine. So if you don't like it, it's my fault. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good, actually. It's been, um, we're still in trying times uh, to, to date stamp it. We are recording on the uh, 26th of may so we are still unfortunately in the uk under slightly decreased maybe lockdown but it hasn't got in the way of doing lots of really good hobby so uh, i've not been had a bad few weeks how about yourself yeah pretty pretty much yeah i've um it's can't complain too much in current situations um it's uh the weather's good um so i've been enjoying the garden with the kids a lot um, it's half term now, so I'm not doing any homeschooling this week. And the wife's workload has gone up loads recently, so I won't go into her job too much because I don't want it to be boring, really. But she's the place that she works for. She's a regional manager for, and they will be opening their their sites up again soon. And uh, so her workload, in terms of preparation for that, she's still working from home. But it, her doing sort of rather than doing a few hours work a day and doing all the homeschooling is is shot up. So she's kind of pretty full on, and which means I'm doing less work. <laughs> and more homeschooling which is fun in some ways but um, aside from that yeah it's, it's all been 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 pretty normal really um well so i got a we we got a puppy a couple of well, about 10 days ago um which is interesting <laughs> under lockdown because you can't do you know with something we planned for a while um you have to collect them at some point and we couldn't collect them because of because of lockdown we couldn't even meet them beforehand it was all it was the weirdest way of getting a puppy ever but so you're doing it over over kind of facetime and watching a puppy um but um yeah there is there is an official social there's an official defra approved way of 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 the the uh the breeders delivering the puppy so that's what had to happen but he's great and he's um he's 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 uh interesting to deal with when you've already got a one-year-old but uh um yeah i mean we're, we're mumbling more than we do for many meetings so maybe we'll save for that but i'll tell you a story about his naming shall we um before we before we go for a break and come back in for the main show um he um my, my i wanted my son to name him and he wanted to call him something to do with lord of the rings to start with um and i said well brilliant fantastic what do you want and i said what about thorin he's a black cocker spaniel he's got um sort of long blackish hair as you can imagine so i thought thorin perfect from the film and he said no i don't want to call him thorin actually and i said well, what about bilbo then you know it's a cute name there's probably a lot of dogs being called bilbo and he went no daddy we can't call him bilbo because the spider's named bilbo i was like what what spider the spider that was on the stairs that I showed you last week. Isn't that? You've named a spider on our stairs, Bilbo, and because of that, we can't call the dog Bilbo. No, we can't call him Bilbo. So I, said, <laughs> I said, well, what about maybe something not from Lord of the Rings then? And he said, Harry, call him Harry. I said, Jacob, your one-year-old brother's called Harry. And he goes, oh, yeah. I said, so you want to call it Harry, and your brother's already called Harry, but you won't name it after a spider that you saw on the stairs. <laughs> The logic of a five-year-old. But he's called Barlin. Anyway, we settled on a Lord of Rings name, so he is Barlin. Um, but we're talking more than we normally do for this little bit. So let's tell you what we've got coming up on the show. Um, so for many meetings where we should be talking about 
things like that we will dan and i will be discussing our hobby and what we've been up to in the last couple of weeks since we recorded um and then for the council of elrond sam will be joining us and we're going to be talking all about um army storage and um what you use to take your models to to events and things what solutions you use and maybe just storage and, and display things at home so something a little bit different um occasionally we will go off um off on tangents that aren't kind of directly game related so we did a film one um this is hobby related but it's not kind of rulesy related and with a with no new releases and things at the moment we thought it'd be a good time to squeeze one of the kind of more alternative episodes in so hopefully that's enjoyable for you all um then of course we've got deathmatch coming up later on in the show um so i don't know if people have realized or noticed i'm sure some people have that since we started doing heroic deathmatch um warcom or our community have started doing their own deathmatches they've did a primarx one for 30k and they're doing one for aos as well um so it makes it look like we've copied the um the deathmatch thing and we we you know if we we date check it i'm sure i'm sure i put that heroic deathmatch out before that came out um, just being hipster we did it before it was cool <laughs> dear me maybe i should uh, maybe i should send gw a cease and desist though i think we've probably <laughs> both stolen it from from uh, something else um but anyway let's go for a break now when we come back dan and i will talk about the hobby we've been doing in the last couple of weeks incom gaming the new center for tabletop wargaming in gloucestershire visit incomgaming.co.uk for great savings on pre-orders and all your hobby needs we stock many gaming systems and hobby accessories and can ship to anywhere in the uk market leading gaming mats from gamemats.eu visit the store and check out how to turn your tabletop into a battlefield Incom Gaming is based in the centre of Cheltenham and offers tables and scenery for casual and organised play with a fully licensed bar. Check out our events page for upcoming events where everyone is welcome. Visit incomgaming.co.uk Incom Gaming. Come game, shop drink hello again so here we are with many meetings where we discuss what we've been doing in the hobby since we last recorded so usually around two weeks or so dan what have you been up to watching lots and a lot of it's been um, middle earth related which has been even better um so i've painted my mordor battle company uh grods boys um nine mordor orcs i painted them over not the weekend just gone the weekend before um they're just sort of a they're, they're a tabletop job, nice, quick, and presentable, because um, this battle company has now evolved into a full-blown thousand points worth of Mordor orcs for strategy battle game. <laughs> that's how they get you. Um, so it needed to be something that I could replicate over, you know, potentially sixty-plus models. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I couldn't give them necessarily the full. Um, well, I could. But I'm not going to. This is what it comes down to. I haven't got the time or the inclination. This is an army I want to paint for fun, I want to play with. Um, it would be good to uh, use for the club. People can borrow bits from it. We can play some scenarios. You know, it's, it's all good stuff, but it it was really nice to be able to get those bashed out. It means that they're done for the uh, stuff we're going to do in the future. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it's always nice to get something off your desk. It's always a nice little bit of an achievement. Um now, I had started doing uh, more of that army. Um, you may have seen in the, the channels that I painted my troll. Um, it looks awesome as well. Really job. good job on it. It's, it's, um, it's one of those models where things come together. Sometimes you have one where just you don't really encounter any problems and you just sit there and you, a couple of hours go by and, oh, model. And that's very much how that one went. It was literally just sitting down one afternoon. I thought, you know, let's 
summer bash at this um i remember trying to do that sort of gray into flesh skin transition yeah that you get on the trolls this was pre-airbrush times this was when um fellowship first came out and the cave troll and trying to do that on the old metal model and obviously doing it by hand blending etc and it was a massive pain in the butt and i thought you know i'm quite excited about trying that now with airbrushes and moving on in technique and more of what i know and it just all came together really really nicely um so that was good fun and then i did start all of the other orcs and promptly immediately ran out of um Vallejo model air dark slate <laughs> which basically threw a spanner into the works so uh I've ordered more, um, and it is on its way. It got shipped, I think, Friday, they said they shipped it. So hopefully it should arrive. Hoping for today, hopefully it'll arrive tomorrow. Right. I don't know how they sent it. It's within the UK, though. They're um, in Scotland, I do believe. can't remember exactly, but I think it was Scotland I saw on some of the emails from their official address. But, um, you know, once that arrives, I can you know, carry on. Uh, and hopefully within the next sort of... I'd like to say two to three weeks, but it might be about a month before they're all done. But that is 60 plus models, so I'm not going to feel too bad about that. Yeah, don't put any pressure on yourself, just enjoy it. No, well, yeah, I just, but I would quite like to get them done because it means that, you know, you know, it, it's, a, well, it's a massive it. amount of models and a massive, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a core of a really big size army, and you can start adding yeah, the nicer bits to it there. Yeah. Um, because I've got, I've got a Witch King on Armoured Fell Beast, um, which I'm going to paint up uh-huh. uh, sometime soon. He's assembled now. Um, so on top of that, I just need a couple of the Forge Road characters and some of the command packs. Yep. And it's done for a thousand points. It's not the most ideal thousand points, but it's coming well with models I've managed to procure. Yep. Um, and then I can always expand it later. I'll probably do um, like a troll catapult with uh, you know the heads of the slain and, and things like that. And, yeah. Um, I'll add some Black Numenorians. That's that's the thing, point. isn't it? It's quite a large faction. In fact, if anything linked to the, the the orcs, and we talked a little bit about whether you were going to use them just for uh, Mordor, whether you would paint your orcs in a more generic, so you could maybe use them dual and use them in an Agmar arm, Angmar army as well. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to keep a Mordor though. I'm not going to do the. I'm going to the ones I've painted already have the red ISR on on the shields, yeah. uh, and that'll continue because. If I did Angmar, I'd want to do them again in a different paint style anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and avoid that. Uh, I've also painted the first model for my uh, Dog or Dirt Force. Nice. People may have seen nice. as well. Oh, yes, I remember. Uh, that did get more of a of an effort in it. Uh, it took me a couple of days to paint, uh, or period over a couple of days. Um, I am quite happy with him, the way he's come out so far. I managed to luck out really well. Um, a friend had him. Uh, Alex uh, from Legion Peterborough and he just said, you know, I got him in a trade, do you want him? And I went, yeah, of course I do. So I managed to blag him and get him painted up and it's another one of those models where, you know, he's a bit he's a bit more fiddly and there's some colour transitions in there that aren't what I'd done before. He's wearing sort of a furry overcoat that's got sort of textures of brown and greys in there but then reds in. Yep. So he blends those through and making it look more natural was interesting and uh, the skin tone was really odd to try and replicate um but i had good fun with that and i ended up using a mix of colors from different um companies actually uh it's based mostly off uh scale 75 color uh, where are we it's an asian asian skin or Ar- arabic shadow that's yeah i know the one 
use that to begin with, and that had um, a load of pallid witch flesh uh, dumped into it uh, with some uh, Vallejo ink and bits and pieces in there, and it worked really well. It's one of those ones you just it, have a, a stab awesome. at it. Looks really awesome. I don't. I'm not really got any plans to to I say I've not got any plans to. I suppose I'll have my at some point when I can get myself motivated to restart my Azog's Legion and Hunters sort of force and I might be tempted by sort of allying Dolgador stuff in so maybe I will do it but I do like that model I might pick, pick that miniature up one day well, Just like, I like adding the like you said you've got bits of colour in there haven't you so I quite like the idea of like I said before when we talked about the film discussion I wish he was the the Azog of the film or the Bolg of the film I quite like the the the, the look of it quite like the original style but um you know and i said before you just for some reason it reminds me of a wrestler it's like it should be the ultimate warrior or something with all the colors like he should have colored feathers coming out of him or something but yeah that's just my weird well, I brain myself doing that i, I was tempted <laughs> but i ended up doing him um i found a lot of reference pictures and stuff online which is another part of this hobby i actually really quite enjoy doing trying to color match and things like mm. that it's, it's incredibly sad but i do enjoy it um and i tried some new stuff with the the bronze style armor yeah um, which is I will be taking and finessing and using that as the basis for the armor on my uh, nine. Yes. Yeah. So I'll be going with that, and then a lot of sort of grave dirt on the robes and mixing um, sort of shades and tones into that. So there will be sort of dark greens and and other types of browns within the black. Yeah. It's still all black, you. but you'll see where the light hits. It'll build up tones and shadows. That's the plan anyway. I might make an absolute hash of it, but <laughs> um, that is the plan. Um, and then I've planned my Necromancer because obviously the original Necromancer model was done before the movies of yep. The Hobbit. So it's uh, it's GW's own take, which I like. It's still a nice model, but obviously he is revealed as Sauron quite blatantly in the movies. Yes. Uh, so I've seen lots of people use the actual Sauron model, which again looks cool. There's some beautiful paint jobs of that as well, particularly sort of the flame from within and it's reflecting off the Nazgul. Because it's his silhouette, isn't it, that almost becomes yeah. the the iris, doesn't it, of the eye, kind of like... Yeah. It kind he's of sort of floating on the ground. He's, yeah. he's devoid of the robes, but um, and he's sort of floating above, and he's sort of standing very erect. He's like, almost like, arms down to the side, he's very, he just floats. Yes, it's yeah. really eerie, actually, if you look at it. And some of the stills there are of um, from unused parts of the scene where he's sort of lo- looming over Gandalf. It's really creepy. Um, so I'm actually going to kit bash uh, the actual Sauron model and the Necromancer together. Good, oh, that's a good call. I thought I haven't thought of doing that, but that'd be really cool. Um, sort of his robes will be made up of like the darkness that he uses to strike at Gandalf. Yeah, also stands on the bridge and generates this, this force field of light, and repeatedly smashing it with this almost like it's like black water, isn't it? It's like force of darkness. I'd imagine yeah. that the robes are basically that, so it's almost alive. Um, Incredibly so, cool idea, I think. Very, very cool. To splice those two together. I, funny enough, though, I've picked two models that aren't currently available. <laughs> um, yeah, so which is fantastic. But they'll they'll be back soon, and obviously Forge World are still at the time that we're speaking. Um, they're still closed. Mm. But they're they're still, you know, that's that that's my birthday present. That's sorted. So once they're available, I'll get those, no problem. Um, so, but it does mean that they've halted for now because I can't get hold of any of the other models. But I've made a start, and I'm happy with them. So, yeah, it's been quite a busy time for for hobby. Obviously, not just for um, 
Middle Earth, I've painted other bits. I've been quite productive in the last fortnight, really, for the hobby. But uh, it's really nice that I actually managed to get uh, lots of hobby done. And uh, on top of that, I uh, settled in and watched the um, GBHL live cast on the Friday. It was the 22nd, as we're talking. Um, Damien and Steve were on. Uh, Gandalf was the subject. So I didn't, unfortunately, have a Gandalf model to uh, get involved with. Um, but uh, apparently it is cavalry for the next one, so I'll be tuning into that as well and uh, painting some cavalry because I've uh, ordered the paints I also need for my elves so I can build more of my elven cavalry. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, it's lots, lots going on. They're good, aren't uh, they? I've been, I've been, you know, I've, I've, I've watched them all. I think I've probably watched half live, half back um, on replay when I'm working. So instead of listening to a podcast, I have it, have it on, and most of it's something you don't need to look at the screen all the time anyway. Um, but they're really good. And um, now we don't have a plant here at the moment with Damien on with, on with Tom. So Damien on with with Steve is actually um, becoming probably my new one of my favourite things really to watch each uh, each sort of week or fortnight when it's on. So it's one of be one of the better things for lockdown. The fact that they were doing it almost monthly and have gone weekly is quite good. The only problem I have is, is if Friday night is going to be date night, I can't watch it live, so I have to catch up. <laughs> um, yeah. But I really enjoy it. I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you got around to actually kind of experiencing it because it's um, it's cool, isn't it? It's quite good. I really, really enjoyed it. It was good fun to watch. I really enjoyed the battle reports. No spoilers. I'm not going to say anything because some people may not have watched it yet, but well yep. worth a watch. Um, surprising as well. I was, I was, <laughs> um, I, obviously, we had a little bit of a chat ongoing as, as it was going on, um, exchanged a couple of messages, and it was good to, you know... Um, I don't. I'm still relatively new to the uh, Middle Earth uh, hobby, and particularly the GBHL community. Obviously, there is quite an established community, and I still don't really know some of the faces, and I don't know who people are, and that's why it's really good we got used to because otherwise, no one will talk to us. Um, <laughs> well, you, you, you're on with the you know connection so far, so I'm still learning who people are. It was really nice to see the interaction because yeah. obviously, you can't go out to events. I've said this before. Um, there's sometimes I think God I got into this at a bad point because just when I'm getting ready and I've got an army painted to go off to play games we can't anymore yeah, but it difficult. is really nice with stuff like this to actually get a scope of how people are and I know people can be uh, you know have internet personas and all that kind of thing but it was really nice to you know be involved with the two guys watching the chat that was going along with it as I said to you as we were chatting some of the in jokes I just don't get but I'm sure I would. <laughs> if you'd been watching from the beginning of the series, you would you, you would have. And some of them were quite recent. So, oh, did you ask me so? What are they talking about? Sweets? So like, yeah, they've been doing that for a few weeks now. But it's again, you kind of yeah. pick up on that quite quickly. The same with same with anything. I mean, we we yeah. we talked about some of the in jokes to do on the the other podcast. I I I say did now is probably more common, more accurate uh, um, <laughs> description. We haven't done one for a while, but uh, there were in jokes on that. That if anyone picked up on, you know, listen, ended up listening to episode thirty five as the first one or something, they'd have been like, "Why are you talking about someone's toilets? And how many have they got in a house?" Uh, <laughs> and there'll be about ten people listening to this to get that as well. But it's um, yeah, those kind of things just build up. But they are when you when you're in in that little. Um, group of people that know what they are they're actually actually quite amusing yeah um, I, I just really enjoyed it though it was um, it was good went on later than I thought it would so uh, <laughs> it's a good job on Friday on a work night that probably wouldn't have happened for me yeah uh, but it was it was good entertainment I really enjoyed it and um, yeah thanks to the boys for doing that I'll be definitely checking out the next one and uh, but this time I'm actually going to have models so I can uh, hobby along with you so it's going to be fun but uh, yeah, so I've, I've done loads actually, which is really nice. It's really nice to be able to turn around and say that. 
and I'm even working on other bits and pieces as we go. I've still got plans for other Middle Earthy stuff kicking around in the back of my mind. It's always you're always getting those little moments of inspiration. You think, oh, I'd like to do this, and oh, I'd like to do that. Oh, too many. That's time at the moment. Yeah. So I'm looking Bloody at money as well. <laughs> yeah, some of it. I've got things. I've got lots here. I mean. Uh, I've got an awful lot that I could just get on with. I know I've got a metal fellowship that's that's going to call as soon as that book gets released. And I'm thinking, but I need to do my need to do my my, my Rohan and my the Isengard stuff to go in this this Helm's Deep I'm working on. So I've got too many projects, not enough time, and I want to desperately do them all as well. It's not like one's coming in and and then and I'm kind of turning my head and forgetting the old project. I still want to do them all. I still want to do the Mordor army I bought. Got a great beast of um, Gorgoroth to, to do. That's something you might be able to add as a fun kind of um, yeah. Paint I do thing. want that. Well, because you you just picked that up when I was um, in Cheltenham last yeah, summer. Yeah, I bought. I got it from Incom, didn't about I? That you were worried about um, the, the casting quality, mm. and it was it was great, beautiful. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those models I want to get hold of because it's fun. But yeah, I think you just need to finish something once you've got Helm's Deep done. Like um, there's loads of people finishing stuff at the moment. Yeah, um, like. Uh, ben Taylor, he's just finished his Rohan for his son Rory. He actually posted that today. Yeah. And he has knocked that out of the park. He smashed it. Like, I mean, to most people, they can look at it and say, yeah, they're nicely painted models. But this is a guy who's who's never really enjoyed painting. Um, and he's, he's not only his, his enthusiasm for painting, but his final finished product. It, it, it's, it's really lovely to see. And yeah. it's a really lovely looking army. The, um, the amount of questions he's been asking when he's been painting um, good little you know, Peterborough chat um, and he's been asking about um, sort of you know the tones of like the shine on his black armour on Theoden yeah. he'd have never asked those questions and he's, he's absolutely smashed it he, and it's, it's great to see and um, I mean Sophie's painted a blooming mama kill and uh, all the crew in, in a week it's great isn't it really good job of it as well really nice it's sickening, it's, it's sickening is what it is it's not <laughs> fair um, I want one of those as well but I've got I just I've got, I've got no desire to play that army for a while but it will be bought it will be bought it will need to be as yeah. I like slowly collect everything rings but you're right though I do need to just finish some I say that finish some stuff I've got you know I've got a full Goblin Town army that I finished this year I mean, I've, I've finished true. off a full Survivors of Lake Town army last year and a full um, army of Thrall army last year and the, the kind of half a Iron Hills to go with it so to speak so I've got and I've got an army of the dead lot as well so I've got a lot of armies already. I think it's just I need to do the armies that I want to play with this year for the project. So obviously one of them is going to be the kind of the Helm's Deep um, um, force um, and to defend it to start with. But I'll turn that into a whole Rohan army and and I want my own eyes and guard to to kind of build towards attacking it. I know but when we play the game that Sam's going to bring his and, and we're going to you know, Ben Stanley hopefully is going to be available and he'll bring his stuff as well. Um, but yeah, you I do need to get going. I think because you spent so long planning for the event. Mm. The well, it was, it, it, was the throne, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I've, I've painted on single models, but yeah, it was got that army out of the way as a little bit of a, a kind of almost. Uh, I did that speed paint Goblin Town army because I was kind of chomping at the bit to paint an army, and then I've been doing up doing all the event stuff, and now it's kind of because I've built building the Helm's Deep, which I'll go on to in a minute. But that's it's got to the stage where it's not going to be much longer before that's done and then I can say right that's it now and I can get back onto to painting miniatures rather than, than terrain so I've been doing loads of them middle earth based hobby but just not so much in terms of actually painting regular miniatures well you've done your um, 
your battle company you've done a fair bit already well, i've done so. I've, I've finished um I mean, I mean i don't want to start talking about um, we're kind of overlapping a little bit there is there anything else you wanted to say you've oh, been no, doing I before we... now so we'll, we'll segue right in there <laughs> um i've painted my fourth member of the battle company tonight actually well tonight no i painted it today in my lunch break so um i was uh nominated in fact i've been nominated a couple of times um to do the uh, painter a figure within 24 hours well we you, within a within a week you pick a 24 hour period to to paint a model and and then i was nominated by don barnett this this um this week to do it so he said he sent me a message and said you you, you know do you, you okay if i nominate you and i thought oh, and last time i was nominated by andrew cox i think and i just said to him like, i'm too busy i've got so much work on i couldn't have time to do it this time i'm like yeah i can squeeze a model in um so i did it today so i've just done one of the elves so i'll get that posted up tomorrow morning probably so people can see that it'll come out before the podcast so you'll have already seen it by the time you your time you listen to this so i've got an elf and the and the two human rangers left to do and they'll be done so i will chip away at those as well along in between painting helms deep which brings me on to helms deep um it's built um including deep in wall now it's primed um ready to go um so it's time to get attacking it properly with the airbrush and and all the other methods I'm going to use to kind of make it look old and weathered and things. Um, I've got some, this is hard to describe, so I'm better off going watching the YouTube videos, which I'll come on to in a minute as well. Um, <laughs> I, the Hornberg would be off table, so to speak. Um, you'd see like the, fir- the just the front of it. I don't know whether to build a bit of it so it looks like it's there or not. Um, so it's nagging at me to do it but then it's not easy to do to make it look good um and i kind of didn't build it into the original thing so if you look at the the layout that they have from the film um it looks like it's just offset slightly to the back so i could say that it's off board and it, most of it would be like 90 percent of it will be off board but there's a little nagging bit that says that people would be able to see the edge of it there so i should have something representing the edge of it so if I decide to add it, then the build's not done, <laughs> shall we say? Um, but that's the—they're the two. That's the hobby bits I've been working on in terms of um, Middle Earth. Oh, I did build. So I watched this, when I watched the stream with you as well, which was quite nice because we chatted on Messenger all the way through it as well, didn't we? So we yeah. kind of spent all night chat. Sam woke up. We got a little messenger for the podcast. Sam woke up to like a couple of hundred messages or something. So what was going on last night? And we were just talking while watching the watching the stream um and both having a couple of drinks i think so it's quite it's quite a nice friday evening the wife had gone to bed i had the puppy around my ankles i think we had the puppy then. i think we found my god um so i built i thought oh, i want to i've never i've always been painting something else when it's been on so i've never taken part in the actual the theme of whatever they were doing or watching it back on youtube when you're too late to anyway so i had my um gandalf the white and pippin plastic box set and i thought right it's gandalf i'm going to build them um so they're built when i paint them i don't know <laughs> they're not going to be in my defenders of helms deep um but they will the, the idea that he will work with um with my row hand anyway so i will run uh, emma's legion at some point um when the new emma comes out so it'll all be part of the kind of extended row hand build um and then of course he'll work <laughs> when i finally get round to the ministerial i've got sitting in boxes as well so um, he'll get used on many, many used get get used to many things. But um, I just thought, right, sod it, I'll build him um, just so I can sit there and do it. And I did it about an hour, and then I just sat and drank and watched the watched the stream for the rest of it. 
Uh, but I spent most of my time since we last recorded. So I can't remember how much detail we went into, but I was talking about YouTube channel, wasn't I, when we last recorded? Yes. Uh, so on the last show, I think I mentioned that the show, I was about to upload the first videos, but they hadn't been. Um, I think I put the videos up fairly quickly after the last show came out. Uh, maybe four or five days afterwards. So I launched our, if you haven't already listened to the last show or missed it, and you haven't realised, I launched a YouTube channel for Out of the Frying Pan. Um, and I'll say again, it's a companion to the audio podcast. This is the primary source of our um, uh, our way of engaging with you all. Um, rather than the, the YouTube channel, we are not there to do sort of turn it into a, um, a full-on, full-time many 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 releases a week um youtube channel you may even get to a point where you know goes a couple of weeks without anything going up it's there mainly to kind of cover some of the stuff that doesn't really work so well in audio um well i think we talked about this last time but maybe we'll do the odd painting video the old sort of army showcase um so at the moment i think there's four videos up now it's a four three four I've done, yeah, four. So I've done, um, this is like a mini intro, so a couple of minutes tells you about the channel's about in case someone finds it and hasn't listened to the podcast first. And I've got two um, Helm's Deep build vlogs on there, which show from, so a lot of it's still images that I've been taking because I've just been building it on and off for a while. There's some video on there. There's some, some shots of my face talking at the beginning at the end of each one, so sorry about that. Um, and yeah, it just sort of shows you documents what I'm trying to do with the converting the, the plastic toy into a into a gaming model, really. I won't go into it. I'll direct people to go and watch it rather than talk about it here because um, it doesn't go so well for audio. So go and have a look at those. And then I got a new toy last week as well and I did an unboxing for. So I uh, sold a Warhound Titan and um, bought Smaug with the money so we did an unboxing for smog and i appreciate that model's been out for years so there might be other unboxings out there um but i thought i want to have a look at this so let's have some fun and, and, and do another video for the channel but yeah, as i said it's, it's it, we're going to be we're our own audio podcast but we will there will be the odd video going up and i'll uh um maybe even get you or, or sam to um do the odd video as well at the moment it's purely me people i'm afraid so if you don't like me um don't don't watch the channel <laughs> um but that's it. So yeah, we both that's pretty busy. To be fair, uh, it feels feels like I've been doing a lot. A lot of it's um, everything related to the hobby. A lot of it's sitting down and editing video, which I've had loads of fun doing. If I'm honest with you, I can see why Andrew Cox did that hobby vlog for Top Table and then ended up turning it into a channel because there is something. There is a bit of a bug there. It is fun. Um, so I will continue to keep putting things out because I actually enjoy doing it. I didn't think I'd ever enjoy talking to a camera, but yeah, I'm obviously enough of a narcissist that I enjoy enjoy doing it. <laughs> um, so, but uh, it's good fun, um, and it's definitely going to be a further extension to just doing audio audio things. So check out the channel. Let us know what if you want us to what sort of things you want us to cover on there as much as what you want us to cover on this part of our um, our media empire. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I think we've probably come to the end of, of what we've been up to. Um, we've done loads, but we've, we've we're quite succinct, really. I think it's because we chatted for a little bit longer in the in the little opening bit when I was talking about puppies and things. But um, um, what we're going to do now is we'll go for a break as we normally do. When we come back, we will talk all about um, army storage solutions and travel solutions and display solutions. So see you on the other side of the break. The hour grows late, and Blandolf Grey Plastic comes seeking my counsel. 
You are sure of this plan, Dalf? Yes, the event is fully painted. It was in the event pack, under my nose the whole time. Yet you did not have the wit to see it. Your love for the Facebook group has slowed your mind. We must join him, Blandalf. The Commission Painter. We must be fully painted. When did Surly Man the White give in to madness? But I am now Surly Man of many colours. Miniature Realm Studio is a Commission Painting service. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or contact us directly at miniaturerealmstudio at gmail.com. You have elected the way of paint. And welcome back. So we're here for the Council of Elrond. And as I mentioned earlier, a slightly different kind of topic today. Um, it, it may be brief. It may go on for hours and hours. Who knows with us? But we wanted to talk a little bit about how we store our miniatures. So how we transport our miniatures to, to to games to events and stuff but how we also store them at home whether that's display cases or just storage and even more importantly sam's here joining us for this section how's it going sam we haven't uh haven't sort of spoke middle earth for a few couple of weeks now how you been yeah i've been uh i've been really good thank you how about yourselves so so pretty good dan <laughs> we've had this um, bit earlier on in the show now yeah. so all the continuity is all weird but yeah all, all good all good as uh Happy, happy, it's all good. Fantastic. So, hey, Dan, this was something you wanted to talk about. So, I'm going to hand over to you. Really, I don't. Oh, we haven't discussed this before. I'm going to hand over to you. And um, why don't you introduce it a bit better than I just did up the top there, um, and kind of lead us into our discussion. The wonderful power of pressure. Okay, so <laughs> it has occurred to me, obviously, that um, all of us expend an awful lot of time and energy and love into painting. Our collections, we can say armies, a collection of uh, different armies. And then all of us have got faced with the dilemma of how we get it to games or where it's stored at home. Now, some of us are more lucky than others. Um, those who may have seen, particularly yourself, um, do your videos, sort of showing around your, your hobby room. Uh, nice little segue into checking those out. Um, you've got a lot of space to sort of you know display your your models. Um, I'm lucky enough to have space enough for a glass cabinet, uh, and a lot of other people have got you know similar setups or even more extravagant setups. But some people just can't. They've got smaller houses. They've got you know small children with uh, curious fingers. They've got <laughs> uh, cats that refuse to uh, play by the rules. So for whatever reason, they have to store those away. And then when we get to the subject of um, traveling to events, there's a myriad of different ways of um, storing your miniatures from the humble uh, sort of, you know, kitchen roll and uh, bubble wrap in an old shoebox to the very extravagant and bespoke solutions that people are offering, which we'll cover in time. So it was a discussion about the ways we've approached it, what we have found has worked and what hasn't what is available on the market so you might be able to go and look these up yourselves um, from home see what you you know you might find something new you might find something that uh, suits your purposes much more than the existing products that you found available so it was just something that occurred to me because i've done a lot of painting recently and i was thinking bloody hell where's it always going so it sort of occurred to me that other people may be thinking the same <laughs> yeah, as i buy more and more stuff and think about well i've painted that where's that going to live i definitely agree with that i can can see some future re uh, reorganizing going on yeah i've got way too many orcs sitting around at the moment and it's um a little concerning <laughs> it's not a concern it's not a concern you have a you have a happy problem that you've got to solve 
It's definitely not a concern. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a concern when it causes subsidence on the house because too many miniatures. <laughs> that's the resin side. That'll be the heresy side. That's good. It's, you can you have to have, to have a lot of Lord of the Rings to balance that out. Sorry, Sam, what were you saying? No, no, I was going to say most people have to worry about Japanese knotweed when they're um, dealing with parts in their house, whereas uh, me, <laughs> well, not me, sorry, Dan. Dan's obviously worrying about the sheer amount of models that he's got in his house and he's worried that he's going to ruin the foundations. <laughs> well, yeah, it used to be the sort of the old vinyl problem if you had too, many, too much vinyl on the second floor, but nowadays it's uh, old metal Lord of the Rings models. <laughs> so, um, so to kick us off then, Dan, why don't you talk us through... What you what you currently use, maybe what you've used before, what sort of approach you take to to, to storing your miniatures, taking them to events, and and then also how you store them at home. Oh well, um, I suppose if we were to talk about what I use now, uh, I've actually got a, a few different solutions um, for different game systems. Um, some solutions suit different game systems. I've found um, some models are more hard wearing. You need a less um, delicate storage solution for them so certain games um for instance heresy where you've got power armored marines there's not many little spindly bits or bits that bend you don't have too much in the way of outstanding swords you can use slightly more traditional foam cases because sometimes when you've got a quite full foam case if you've got a very flimsy model it can still break it uh-huh. none of them are proof to this uh, I, I used to use a lot of the old GW cases. I collected Eldar, a lot of very thin bits. You can get, you can guess where that's going. Um, there's certain Lord of the Rings models I wouldn't dream of putting in a, a foam case at the moment. I, I, uh, the newer GW cases are better for that. I do own one. I've got, I think it's their Crusade case. It's one of their bigger ones. Uh-huh. Is that the ones with um, the zigzaggy foam in? Yeah, which is miles better than the old traditional sort of you know rectangles cut out of foam yeah. sheet. Jobby, it, it definitely is better because um, because it's not anchored. It allows you a lot more freedom to, you know, put models in. Um, it'll expand and contract according to the size of the models that are put in there. Essentially, as long as you don't overfill it, yeah, it's a lot more protective than the old style cases. It is really good. It does store quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, admittedly, most of what's in there at the moment is storage. Um, I've got old projects or things that are waiting to be painted. Mm-hmm. There's a block sitting around in there at the moment um i had a massive clear out and pretty much got rid of an entire heresy army right um, you know better part six thousand points worth of infantry which fit in that case so it does give you some idea of how much you can fit in those larger gw cases they are really good i've not, I've not used one myself but i've actually um sent clients models in them so they've sent me a commission in the case and i've sent it back and i to be honest with you, I don't like sending stuff in the post and those things. They're a bit always makes me or things a bit risky. They're, they're made to be held. Um, but yeah. but I know what you mean from from sort of using them is that they they kind of like um, so you get pluck foam. Um, but kind of once you've plucked it, that's it really. You can't put it back together as well. Whereas this gives you some of that flexibility of you decide what size model goes in what area. Um, but, but but its design gives you that flexibility. Anyway, I just wanted yeah. to. Um, it, 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 that's a very good way of looking at it actually it's almost like a reusable pick and pluck system the only thing I've found with it is because of the way obviously the zigzags anyone who's not seen this I'd encourage you to go onto the GW website and take a look at the case it'll give you some idea of what I'm talking about here yeah, yeah. because you're moving these zigzag almost strands aside they have to have somewhere to go you've not plucked them you've not removed them so if you put a particularly large model, uh, a large sort of floor plan model, like a, a tanker land raider, for instance, for one forty thousand in in one of these um, foam trays that they do, because of the way it squishes, that's the tray done. 
because yeah. everything you've moved aside squishes into the corners and completely fills the space. So sometimes it's not always as efficient as other systems. You get more flexibility, but you lose efficiency. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything has its pluses and minuses. I mean, I've, I've come from the days. I mean, I had an original GW case, <laughs> single-layered um, black. The eggshell ones. Yeah, but when it was just one sheet, because I had the second one as well, when it had the internal leaves, I had that, which I actually really, really love, because as a you know a conscious teenager, you could actually fit that in a backpack, uh-huh. and no one knew where you were going. So you go down to your local games workshop without having to carry the case of shame. <laughs> so um, you know, I, I was there as a teenager. I, I, I freely admit to it. I was you know typical old girls might see me, girls <laughs> might see me. They didn't care anyway. Um, but. You mean you didn't have a Cadia backpack and you weren't wearing an ankle length leather jacket with with commissar lapels on? (laughs) One of those black shirts with flames on. uh, Not knocking anyone does wear that stuff, by the way. I would have, I think it's cool, but I would, I'm a bit like you. I would have, (laughs) I would have um, not wanted to be quite so wear my geekdom on on my sleeve, so to speak. Quite as much. I care less these days. Mm -hmm. I will happily wander around in my. Forest podcast shirt, um, worn my Gino shirt. I've worn bits and pieces. People don't know what that is, though, do they? That's that's probably a little bit some more. Do. I've seen some recognition on a few people, but generally they're going to be geeks as well, aren't they? If they see some kind of yeah. podcast thing, they're not going to take a lot a lot of notice. But yeah, Games Workshop in, in especially in the older style, in its um, in its yellow and red, has pretty much said one thing, didn't it? So, um, oh, um, I remember the old. Uh, plastic bags that used to be see-through and that games workshop emblazoned all over it and citadel miniatures yeah no way getting away from it you, you can see them down the street it was um, yeah. i i used to hide my when i bought i remember when i i think i told this story in our episode zero so apologies but when i bought the first edition and um spg when it came out and i wasn't gaming and i was living in a shared house with friends that didn't game and no one knew i ever did i bought it and i took that bag and shoved it straight in a backpack outside the shop um, because I didn't want to be spotted by anyone while walking home with it, so um, I'm very much used to hide my my stuff. It's no point; I can't hide it anymore. It's down with my business on my Facebook. For God's sake, people know what I do. So those days are gone. Oh, but I don't mind. But oh. yeah, I'm totally with you on it. I'm totally with you on it. In fact, here we go. Damien O'Byrne wrote an article in one of the early um, SPG magazines about the kind of dealing with coming out as a gamer, and that is really good. And a lot of the things he wrote in there, I you know, I, I had similar experiences. But anyway, that's a bit of a side no thing. no it's that's just also worth checking out and to be honest i'll be interested to check that out i'll have to see if i can uh, get hold of that because it's actually something that's been playing on my mind more recently anyway as well purely on the basis that um you know i've got a, an instagram account and then a geek instagram account and i don't use my normal instagram account anymore so i'm just thinking a bit in it and making it just my life <laughs> i'm i'm you know like I mean? that with twitter actually i've got uh I've got a business Twitter, which is my geek one, which I now only kind of post work stuff in because you've got to be professional. And then I've got a Twitter account that I just follow cricket and politics on. And I don't follow anyone other than that. So I've got about 20 followers on there. I don't just don't use it in that way. It's there purely for me to follow and read stuff rather than interact. So that's my personal one. I don't post at all. It's there purely so I can look at one feed of stuff that's about a certain thing. And then when I go to the hobby one, I can look at feed of, of stuff about something else. So the last thing I want is, is people, you know, my politics or my things, my interest outside of hobby to be reflected in the business is not very professional. So it works nicely. But yeah, I'd, I'd, I understand that definitely. Yeah, We've gone off on a big tangent already. Massively <laughs> tangent on that one. So, yeah. 
this is probably a conversation we might well have to do as a as a as another show at some point because i i actually find the the whole kind of psychology of it and the sociology of people and what what and how geek culture geek culture has changed in the last sort of 10 years or so if not if not more than that um and how it's more acceptable i think it's a really interesting topic whether or not it's something for this show this podcast i don't know i don't know whether people will be interested in hearing us rabbit on about it but i find it an interesting thing to talk about anyway but anyway let us know let us know if you're interested let us know (laughs) um so yeah obviously what came through all of those had all the gw cases all the way through from its first iteration to its current one um i do have that crusade case it's not one i generally use i certainly don't transport anything in it these days it's mostly used for storage if i'm completely honest um i make heavy use of magnetized um bases with sheets of i have used the ferrous sheet which is basically like a sticky back plastic that's got um iron filings as far as i can work out impregnated into it so it's you know magnets can affix to it yeah it's not as good as using steel sheet so these days i just buy the literally the thinnest steel sheet i can get my hands on and then um i rather than glue it in Uh because i found this a massive pain in the butt velcro do a uh like an industrial uh yes like, yeah uh, um what do they call it uh velcro is the, the term but everyone knows what velcro is anyway. yeah 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 absolutely they do, that, they do that strip and it's about it's probably about two and a half inch wide black strip and it literally once it's stuck down it's not coming off you gotta put it pretty hard it's really not coming off so but obviously you, you can pull the the two parts of the velcro apart but what it's stuck to because I did have some problems when I was creating. Um, I, I used uh, no more nails. Yeah. To try and stick some um, steel into the bottom of a plastic container. Just wept and just fell apart. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, there's nowhere for the for the air to go for it to dry out properly as well. I imagine. Well, it dried out, but every time it um, dried, if there's any humidity around the place, it just it just wept and oh, fell to pieces. Lovely. So I just chiseled it all out and um, used. The, I was walking around my local B and M. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know what B and M is, it's um. <laughs> it's especially they do all sorts of stuff so they do sort of um end of line uh food items and it's like a, a low price sort of not quite a cash and carry but they stock a bit of everything and they do a lot of um home um sort it's of, called bargain and Ma- bargains and madness isn't it that's the actual name is that what it stands for no i had no idea there we go <laughs> that, that covers it quite well it's um yeah so you know it's, it's almost like a, a budget 10 sort of the Americans would know sort of Target that kind of thing. Yeah, and, like a budget obviously. supermarket in there, but in on a bit of hardware stuff and some toys and and cheap clothes and furniture stuff as well. It's quite. It's basically Woolworths, isn't it? Really, if you think about it. Like a low grey Woolworths. Yeah. And I don't. Go, I go. I buy stuff in there, but you, yeah, I won't go down that. Road. <laughs> I was going to no. say something. I thought I'm going to stop there. I'll just stop there. But I, I do buy stuff in there. You can find some find some good stuff sometimes. Yeah, I was wandering around in there um, and uh, I come across this Velcro. So I've used that and it's fantastic. So yeah, I um, Velcro steel sheets in the bottom of are very useful boxes or um, again to discuss a, a group, a chain of uh, shops that people might not always know, TK Maxx. Yep. They do a lot of homewares in there and it's often really good quality stuff and they do basically like offshoots of Topware, so it's it's really really good stuff. But the um, they got sort of click releases, right? So they're just a bit posher looking and a little bit more compact than the very useful boxes. And I use those, and so I magnetise the bottom of all my bases on my miniatures. Um, I use neodymium magnets, and they just click on, and I could I can turn them upside down, give it a shake, they won't move. Awesome. Whatsoever. 
So I generally use a lot of that, particularly for Lord of the Rings, because a lot of the models are slightly more flimsy. You've got banners, you've got lances, you've got very thin swords. Um, my entire dwarf army is made of resin, and that's not exactly the most resilient of um, materials uh -huh. made out of. Especially that uh, ballista is an absolute nightmare to try and um, transport otherwise, because the head off that ballista bolt is going to come off. Mm -hmm. so the only way I'd ever dream of transporting that is using magnets. Uh, <laughs> if anyone else does it and they found another solution, by all means, let me know. But I wouldn't even count on putting that in a phone case; it would be broken. Yeah, because it's the, the shape of the thing. Um, You'd have to wrap it first, wouldn't you? And then we start getting into the elements of how long did it take you to unpack your, your army and, yeah. and put it on the table? I'll just open the box and take it out. Job done. Um, I use that that solution for a number of other things. I use it for heresy. Um, I'm still working out how to actually buy, um, transport a few items I've I've got. Um, other game systems and then i do have um a kr multi-case uh, they're a brand um it's a more traditional foam case but um it's in like an aluminium flight case so this one's if i'll travel sort of long distances to give uh, a little bit of context to this um i actually bought it for an event that yourself ran uh, Stu, with tom as part of your other your other podcast because i live in peaceborough you were over in Cheltenham, so I wanted to travel and I decided to make use of the train and I wanted something that would, one, hide a little bit of my geek shame, if I'm honest with you, and two, um, also protect my stuff really well. And it's built like a, you know, like a flight case you'd buy for a, a camera or any other item. So it's reinforced aluminium. Um, it's got uh, sort of combination locks and stuff on it. And then it's got a more traditional um, style of uh, foam sort of sheets in there so i've got some that are the more rectangular already sort of you know plucked um spaces for my infantry and then i've got um pick and pluck in there in the bottom which i've sort of done uh, to match my army which is for sort of tanks and things like that um so they're the, generally the ones that i um i make use of at the moment i do have one very useful box that's padded out with them um, bits of foam and um uh bubble wrap yeah, that's yeah. for an imperial knight because trying to uh, buying a case for just that <laughs> a pickup it's it's it'll be daft i don't play with it often enough to to do it i think it's left the house to game twice yeah so why would i spend what's probably gonna end up being 70 quid on some custom phone case for that yeah. and it lives in my cabinet and i've just got a at home um an ikea i think it's the calax one yeah the kind of the cute the, the sort of boxy cube stuff yes. isn't it Calax yeah um, yeah or gl glass and then just the top and the bottom are wood and then it's all held together by the um, sort of like metal rack that forms the basis for where the shelves go oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I've just got one of those um, oh the, the actual display cabinet thing they're um, that's the Detolf isn't it that's the sucker yeah the Calax are all the things I've got around it Calax are, yeah the Calax are the um, the cube sort of grids. things the that go in display yeah. cases yeah, so and you can buy can inserts for those that, that are display case inserts as well yeah um like much of um ikea stuff we'll come on to that later anyway as, as a yeah. list of kind of extra things you can do but and then that's generally how things are at the moment um i've been looking at other things i'd like an a case um some people may have seen that some people may not yeah, feel free to google um basically it's um an aluminium uh frame uh that's got sort of i think it's a canvas bag that it sort of slides into and on it's got um like shelves that lock in yeah and they're metal shelves so you magnetize your base of your models and you place the models on the shelves and then when you get to wherever you've gone to for the game 
um, you sort of just take the shelves out. So it means you're sort of stacking on top of each other rather than um, having a big tray, as I currently do. So yeah. if you imagine the very useful box with all my miniatures in the bottom of it, rather than having it all on one level and spread out across, I have the option of stacking those upon each other. Yeah, they always so, remind me of like a fridge freezer or an oven, the way that they're built. In the sense <laughs> that you have shelves that you can take out and yes. hype them and stuff like that. I, hopefully that's a good descriptive word to help people who aren't Googling it at the moment. But Yeah, like an old style oven as well, like a, maybe like a, a pizza oven or, or even like a kiln or something like that that has things on different different levels. Yeah. People are imagining all kinds of different stuff now just for that. Yeah, but that's um, definitely what I'm looking at for my uh, particular my Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Because it, 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 it gives a lot of space between the shelves. Well, it would be really versatile, wouldn't it, anyway? So you'd yeah, be able to put on whatever you, whatever, whatever you needed to, to use. You'd have the one case and, and, and use it for different systems. You know, unlikely that, it's very unusual that you're going away for somewhere and taking multiple different things um, occasionally. Uh, yeah, maybe. generally not be bothering to do that. There's another one I have looked at as well, which is the Crystal Fortress. Mm-hmm. Um, although That's that, expected. yeah, it's beautiful. And obviously you would have to definitely get over your hobby shame for that one because there's no hiding what's in that box. <laughs> But they are very beautiful, but from what I can gather, uh, because I'll be honest, um, I've not just done as necessarily as extensive research on this as many others, so they may be thinking my next comment's a little bit silly, but it, it is quite hard to work out how to build one, what exactly you need to get to mm-hmm. make one. Yep. Um, that makes sense. It, I've it, looked at them briefly myself, and it did look a bit... <sighs> I... way it assembles together, um, and everything locks together, but you almost... Each... Um, little section you can use to hold different models and rather than it being one big box that you fit stuff into it's lots of little boxes that form one big box it's almost like a transformer yeah and it's, and for those people who haven't seen it it's clear so the idea is that you yeah. kind of display your models as, as well and that's what unsold it to me because i didn't think it was very good at displaying things so the whole point of it being clear and like that sort of didn't it just seem like well it doesn't really display them very well it's just like like in an a case but with with clear side sort of thing um that's what put yeah. me off it but and as well it is complicated it does look very complicated and i do worry that you drop expensive. it is it just going to break into lots of bits of plastic as well it didn't, didn't i'm sure it's very very good but it didn't i don't know if something wasn't yeah. didn't seem quite right is yeah. it meant to sort of be the uh the halfway point between a case and a display case yes i think so that's yeah. this intent yeah um i think for me the, the main off putting part is um one i can't really work out exactly what i need to buy to you know to, to you, you sort of think i need all these different little boxes that fits my army and then when i put it together is it actually going to end up looking like something is actually going to all hold together <laughs> um and then on top of that is um it is by the looks of things quite expensive yeah it's it doesn't look cheap um, and while that may not be an issue to some or some people see the worth in that I have other solutions and they fit what I need so for now it just doesn't seem worth it for me no, that um, makes sense. yeah that's kind of whistle stop tour through what I've used, what I've got and what I'm looking at um, with an awful lot of ramble chucked in the mix <laughs> so uh, how about yourself Sam? Uh, most of the stuff that I've used is uh, the stuff that Dan's covered already so I won't go into it too much i think uh, i am a big advocate of the really useful box with the sheet of metal uh on the bottom of it if you're looking for a a way to get the sheet metal there is somebody on ebay who if you send them a message to their company and tell them what 
thickness and what size you want they'll give you a quote for each individual sheet so uh, I got six sheets done at one time uh, and it all sent to me via eBay so if, if you haven't got someone around you, you can cut them it was really really handy um, the I definitely use the really useful box method for my Shire army because there's so many models that it's not worth me buying a case to put them in because there's just so many that I'd have to buy several cases to do it. Um, and likewise, I, I use the, I believe it's the four litre box for any of my heresy stuff and my Shire army. Yeah. And then I think it's the nine litre box, which is the same footprint of the box, but it's a taller version of it. Yeah. And I use that specifically for my um, Isengard army because of all the blooming pikes. Yeah. Because they're obviously so tall, it means that I can still put them in the case and they're still protected, but also I don't have to worry about anything sort of going wrong. Yeah, the four litre um, will effectively hold a ream of, of printer paper. And then yeah. the uh the, the nine litre is, is obviously just it's just taller, so it's a double and added tiny little bit more. Um, and yeah, the reason I go for the four and the nine liter is because they're the same footprint, so they stack on top of each yep. other. Uh, I personally don't have uh, a big display area for my models because it tends to be that the models that I'd like to display are the ones that I'm using over and over again. Um, so putting them in the display case, then taking them back out is something that's not necessarily how I operate so my heresy army stays in the really useful boxes uh, with all the magnets on the bottom and I know that I can put them in the boot of the car and they'll be absolutely fine for whatever journey I need to take um, the ones that I really really love and I was shocked as to how much I loved the uh, GW, the new GW cases uh, specifically for me, the skirmish case. So the case Dan was talking about is the much bigger one, isn't it, Dan? It's sort of like the one where you're meant to be able to transport everything in your army. Yeah, I think it's the Crusade. It's basically four times bigger than the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the skirmish case is basically a really tiny... It's like lunchbox size. Um, Stu and I and Dan were joking about this earlier, about lunchbox size things, but it's <laughs> lunchbox size. And... I used to be able to fit two thousand points of heresy infantry in one of the in one of the skirmish cases, um, as well as a Primarch model, and never had a problem with them breaking. They just the way they managed to fit in there was perfect, and they they were really really good. I thought that I think they were thirty pounds when I bought the skirmish case, and it when I bought it, I used to ride a motorbike, so it could go in a rucksack. And I could go on the motorbike with it and I didn't have to worry. Whereas some of the bigger cases, putting them in a rucksack would mean I'd have to use like an old army rucksack and things like that, which you don't necessarily always want to take that sort of, let's say, parachute-esque thing when you're riding on a motorbike. <laughs> you don't want to create um, more. <laughs> ben more Taylor choice. used to do that. Um, I never used to understand how he did it. I mean, you'll be sitting there listening to this going, it's just come awesome, isn't it? But <laughs> and I know that's what he'll be thinking. But yeah, he used to he used to get like I think two of the cardboard KR cases into the back of a bag, <laughs> and then he used to have something else as well. He's, uh, he used to get so much on the back of that bike; it was unbelievable. 
Oh, I'm sure. I think you're just complaining. I think everyone's seen those pictures from India, haven't they? When they've got some, some, some dude on a, on a moped <laughs> with a with a sheep on the back, and then like four big bales of hay balanced on, and then he's like a baby balanced on the top of his head, and uh, a big basket of apples on the front or something. It just you're giving really people a really false impression of your politics of this is no, that's not politics <laughs> that's just a that's just an image on it's the kind of the <laughs> just kind of images you see um, shared on facebook funny pictures and things but um anyway sorry sam back to you back to no, you no, balancing no, stuff okay. on your motorbike um so that little gw skirmish case i thought was amazing and the amount of stuff that you can fit into it as long as it's infantry or um I guess the biggest thing you could probably fit in there would be uh, maybe a troll in Middle Earth sort of terms. I don't know about sort of your fell beasts and stuff like that, but uh, mounted warriors, terminators in heresy, that sort of stuff. There, that's not a problem fitting all of those in one of these tiny little cases. And what you can fit in there is so good. But in terms of like my Shire army, I would never be able to fit that in there because of the sheer amount of models that I have to take. Don't have to. It's all by choice, obviously. Um, <laughs> there is also another version of this which would be perfect for Battle Company, and I use it for my Necromunda, Blood Bowl, and stuff like that. So small games where you don't need a high model count, but you don't. You also do want to protect the models that you're taking. Now, on the GW website, there's different version, versions of this particular case for different things, but it all does exactly the same thing, and it's. It's like a pencil case is the easiest way I can describe it. Um, and I think the one that's on the GW website at the moment is uh, for under... What's the um, the box game that's meant to be like Necromunda, but it's... Oh, uh, Warcry. Warcry. I think that was the latest yeah. description. But you can I'm... get... This... So, yeah, I'm thinking... Yeah, the one I looked at, I think it's exactly the same thing, is they did one that was available. They did a Kill Team one. Mm-hmm. And then they did another one for the um, the kill team that was uh, released that had the rogue trader in it. It was orange, mm-hmm. and I gave serious thought to buying one of those. If it's the little case you're thinking about, that's got one sheet in it. Yes. Nah, that one's great. Yeah. I don't own one yet, but it does look cool. I I I'd recommend if you're going to buy one, pop into your local store to see if they have one because my local GW, oh sorry, Warhammer shop now. Um, had lots of different versions they had a 40k version they had a war cry version they had a kill team version and always they like which one do you want i was like uh, i'll just take the black 40k one please um but it's fantastic and especially if you're playing so i can fit two gangs from necromunda in this case but i uh, can also fit two blood bowl teams you could and you could definitely fit at least a battle company in there and sort of your like dice and stuff like that as well. You probably fit a small a small army in, couldn't you? If you've got a low model cat army, basically, if you're getting two blood ball teams in there, you can, you might be able to get some some of your elite elite army. So you dang probably get his if you get your nine in there, couldn't you, or something like that? Yeah. I think the only problem I'd have would be the necromancer mm. because of his, the thickness through. Right. Okay. Well, otherwise, yeah, absolutely. If I were running it to a smaller event, and I was, for instance, just running the Nazgul, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I could probably get. Yeah, get the elves in there. Get two hundred fifty points of elves in there, no problem. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, you could fit 
the fellowship in there you could fit all these little things in there and it's only 20 pounds i think if you get it direct from gw so it's definitely worth thinking about yeah i've seriously considered getting one of um many from a necromunda gangs to be honest with you i think that'd be a really good idea um yeah so the the other one is the old gw cases they're fantastic for lord of the rings models because they came out about the same models did and they were the i believe they were the sort of the grandfather for most of the kr-esque cases that came after it where you've got this little space for a model uh so that you can put uh i believe it was 10 to a row or maybe nine to a row when they first came out and they were 25 pounds and they were just fantastic little pieces of kit oh it was the ones you could get 108 models in yeah something like that yeah although the only thing you had to watch out was the clasps because if they weren't fully attached when you pick the model up you'll pick the case up you throw all your models all over the floor to <laughs> just snap open the amount of times you used to see that happen when i used to be uh staff in the shop kids would just run in they'd forgotten their case grab it off the side and hadn't fixed it and there'd just be models everywhere uh what about you Stu? Oh, um, I used a lot of different things over the years. Um, sort of very brief history. Um, I think when I didn't use any at all until I got back into the hobby as an adult. I don't know what I used as a kid. I didn't really. I think I played always at home, so it was, wasn't. It was no. There was no GW in my town, so it was, wasn't really an issue. Um, but um, since I got back in the hobby, I think I started back mainly with Warhammer Fantasy. So I was using metal toolboxes with magnetized models. So they just stick straight in the metal toolboxes, which you get sort of two layers on. Real old school, really heavy, but you know, you get your ranks in there, you can fit quite a bit in. Um, and then when I started playing War Machine, I used um, Battle Foam to start with, um, and then KR cases, um, both really, really good. So I tended to use the, the card KR cases, um, and then had a, a backpack, which held two of them. So you just got to pick the two that you need, whatever combination you needed, and uh, you could squeeze them in. And they was um, they were both pretty good. Um, I think Battle Foam is probably the best quality I've had out of all of the things. The actual bag itself, very very well made. Foam quite good, but quite tough. Maybe a little bit scratchy, um, but definitely held together. Didn't sort of fall apart like a lot of foam does in some of the cheaper bags. Um, I've still got a foam bag. I bought. I sold a sold battle last battle phone bag because it was a what was it? it was a war machine bag and it was designed to sort of fit in a different way up to um some other systems so it wasn't it wasn't the most useful for for playing other games um and i bought um something called tabletop tyrant um i'm trying to remember the store i think it's in leicestershire They're called geek something can't remember but it's their geeks own for geeks for gaming yeah gifts for, yeah. for geeks that's it i think it's their own brand i know they were the only ones that sold it to start with um and this is these that these look like battle phone bags the the quality is not quite as good but still very very good but they're about half the price so you can get a really good kind of battle stand if you think of a standard battle phone size bag from a couple of years ago i know they branched out into lots of different things now um but something of that size that you can hold sort of a, a pretty much a full army of any system in 
um they're about the sort of 55 60 pound mark and then they do card cases as well the card cases don't fit in the bags like or they didn't when i bought them anyway they don't fit in the bags like um the kr kind of versions do but they're good for like storing them so you could take your foam out and put it in your soft bag or did what i did was had the had the backpack or the, the side bag so to speak and then a, a big card box which i use for just keeping a couple of big tanks in for heresy but since i've been playing sort of entirely spg i've been doing what what both of you have talked about which is using um, magnetic sheeting in in really useful boxes though I, i've been using the a4 sticky back magnet stuff rather than the metal so i was quite interested in what you were saying sam the reason i didn't go down that route because i don't have the tools or know anyone that could cut it for me um and so um, it seemed like a faff so i just sort of thought right i'll uh, i'll get the magnetic sheeting and stick it in so what so it holds it in well you could use uh, so i wouldn't know I'd... you can buy one mil and you, um, you score it with a standing blade oh is it that uh, easy and then, you, snap it, and then oh. you just literally grind the edge down with a dremel that's how i do it uh, okay so i could have done it then but i just i don't know why i just assumed it was going to be a little bit thicker than that and i wouldn't be able to do it so i uh it is if you buy it with i made that mistake <laughs> i just thought oh it's not going to work but so i can't hold the stuff upside down but um i can well I can, some you can you obviously couldn't with a metal model um your standard inventory so most of them you could just about hold upside down but if you shake them they will come loose um but i still tend to found it absolutely fine for sticking in a boot on the back seat of the car or something like that as long as you know, the case doesn't slide around they're not going anywhere um, and they work quite nicely to when you're actually gaming and you open up the top of the case you can always use it as a tray as well so it's just easier to get your models out and put them on the table the only thing i will say is if your um your magnets are quite strong and the bases are quite well adhered which worried me about metal sheeting as well um when you've got very very thin plastic but definitely resin especially if we're talking gw resin I know what people would like to call that, but um, some of them are very, very thin, and if you, you there's danger then of snapping your models when you're trying to lift them out if the magnets are too strong. Um, I have I, got around that as well. Uh, I um, again Dremel the edge of my resin because I, I base everything on resin. Yeah. I countersink my magnets into the resin, and then I Dremel sort of the beveled edge where yeah. the edge would meet the surface. It would normally sit flush. I use the Dremel to bevel it. Uh, so I can have enough purchase around the edge so I can literally lift the model off right. steel in my neck, my fingernails. Uh, so rather okay. than pulling from the model, I pull from the base. Yeah, I mean, I, I do that anyway, but yeah, it's definitely easy if you've done that. That's a good shout. Whether I have the patience to do it for like large I do it as part armies. of the cleanup job. Yeah. It <laughs> takes me... Because you have to... Generally, with resin bases, I, I imagine this will be a topic where we are either covered already and I've forgotten about it or something we'll cover in the future... A lot of resin uh, bases, due to the way that resin's poured, you end up with a, a flick at the edges, your meniscus of your, your fill lines. Yeah. So you have to Dremel or sand that down anyway. I mean, some people, um, some companies you buy from, for instance, um, Gen Shift, he, he generally sands all of his, so you don't have to do that. Yeah. Not everyone does it. Um, no, no. And even then, you'll get the odd bit of um, resin flashing around the sides. So you have to Dremel the edges off anyway, or sandpaper or whatever you'd use, craft knife, if you don't like your fingers. Um so I just put that bevel on as I'm cleaning it up. Yeah, that's and a good process. I really don't. It, it it's negligible in terms of time difference and f having less snapped ankles. I mean, I wouldn't do it, for instance, if it was um, Rohan cavalry. I've nightmares about how thin those ankles are. Yeah, so, I've um, I've not got much covering. I think I've got mounted barred and I've also got my goats, but they're. they're I've not had any issues with those. The biggest issue I've had 
it's the same issue you get with foam anyway um is on the malicious spearmen some of their so obviously these are gw resin or fine cast or fine whatever um expletive you want to add after that depending on your view on them um they're very 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 fragile and the bases even on the magnetic sheeting are firm enough that if you go to pick one up and you touch the end of the, the spear they can just snap off but saying that you put them in foam and those spears get caught in the foam and get snapped off doing that as well so i think it's more the model rather than the storage there um but um i've, I've um, broken a couple of iron hills spear i mean luckily at the wrist the whole arm the whole oh, sort of, well, that's, know, that's good off. Yeah, that doesn't happen with the militia, militia dudes. They yeah. just snap the end of the spears off. I've got one where I've lost half, but out of the 48, that's not, well, I don't know, all 48 spearmen, but you know what I mean? Out of 48 models, it's not too, too bad. Um, and they're gaming miniatures, these things happen. But I, I love it. I like the like the same as Sam, I use the four litre ones. Um, some mounted models might not fit in there because of the headroom. Um, so what I've, I've done, done a mixture I like to stack them like Sam does so if, if I'm playing certain armies it will literally be I'll take two 4 litre boxes one will have the whole army in and the other one will have the books and things in and then with these really useful boxes you can buy them that have like an insert tray and the tray sits on the top, top third down so you've still got space underneath so my quick play sheet my measures and stuff and the larger stuff, some of the books go, or well, I might take a book, or most of it's digital now, but I tend to take some. In fact, I shall not shove my iPad in there. fits on the bottom layer. And then the insert sheet goes on, which has got loads of little sort of slots for, like, pens and, and things. And I put my counters and my dice and, uh, and and bits and all those different stuff, so they're easy for gamers. So it's almost, you've got two kind of, the size of A4 rooms of paper, two things that big. Um, one's got my army in, one's got all my other stuff in. It's very, very easy to carry. Um, I just walk in holding my hand, you know, hold them in my hands rather than put them in a bag or anything. Um, if I was travelling on the train, I might look at something else. Um, this is because I've mainly been don't go to many events when I do. I tend to tend to drive and and, and park somewhere near the venue. Um, but that's that's it really. That's what I'm currently using. I mean, in terms of display, um, my models do always go back out on the shelf, um, so nothing is actually stored in those at this time. Um, I like to even when I get back late after event, I, I like to put models back on the shelf that night. A little bit of OCD there, um, so I um, I use um, just just standard IKEA Billy bookcases. Uh, at the moment they're open fronted, um, but I do plan on replacing the shelves that the models are on with glass shelves because they do glass inserts, um, and you can get glass doors for these as well. Like lots of IKEA stuff, you get your basic kind of unit don't you and then you can change it by adding this addition or that add-on or that add-on quite often you see well that unit's different and then you realize that it's a, a different unit you've already been looking at but with different sort of bits shoved in it um and when, when dan when you were talking about your calax and detolf i have beforehand i used a, a five cube high calax and you can buy display cabinet inserts that go into that so you it comes with like yeah. white sides a glass shelf that goes in the middle so it doubles up the amount of shelves and a glass front door and that's what i use for ages but i just sort of run out of space for that eventually yeah pete does it um uplander on instagram for anyone yeah. he, he doesn't do lord of the rings but he's got a really nice gaming room so anyone who's interested in what Stu's just talking about if you look up uplander it's uh u double p l a n d e r 
Um, he's got some pictures on there of his display solutions, and that includes using the glass shelves and um, front door inserts for the yeah. Kallax units. It's lovely. So that's that's Instagram, color. people, by the way. That's yes, oh, yeah, do apologize, Instagram. Yeah, so give him a look. And that's a very good example of what you can do. Um, I would love more room because I have to admit, most of my armies aren't on display. I've got about 20,000 points worth of heresy that sit, lives in its gaming cases now because I physically have nowhere to put it out. Yeah. My, my gaming, my um, cabinet has my, my elf army and, well, most of my Lord of the Rings, in fairness, and then specialist game stuff like uh, Necromunda and um, uh, it's all a couple of display models and my knight, etc. Yeah. I wish I for that kind of thing i'd love a room that was just filled full of cabinets full of my stuff but it's just not possible at the moment no it's something for the future i mean I'd, eventually i'd like to get a because the calax is nice but it you it's quite chunky and a lot of the space it takes up is not actually any display space there so it's not very practical mm. the billy bookcases are a lot shallower so you can get more on a shelf um and the problem is now is i want to keep them dust free so i want to get the doors on them and then i want to create more space by swapping the the standard thickness shells for the glass ones which of course means you've got more lights um but essentially i'd like a, a nice big one big nice display cabinet which is glass all the way around and i like the, the i do like the debt off but for me it needs to be half as high again and probably three times as wide i know you can get three of them and put them together i know you can get yeah. the extra shells but if i was going to have a display case um it would be something that almost goes to the ceiling but is almost three of those dead half wide um with lots of shelves in because you get an awful lot in them then and it would be you know much more efficient in terms of its amount of space it takes up in a room but those kind of display cabinets you can buy them and or x shop stuff but the, the price difference i mean a, a detolf is like 45 pounds in ikea isn't it the basic billy bookshelf is like yeah. starts at 55 and then you add shelves and bits and bobs if you add the glass doors on it i think it goes up to about 95 which is all pretty affordable storage solutions yeah so i've got one for a tenner oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. You go onto like Facebook sales pages and stuff. There's loads of people Country, selling those. Just anything you can always find display cases on things like that because people move house and they can't take it with them. Yep, yep. The amount of them they're kicking I, about. I love a trip to like... IKEA anyway. You know, go oh, get some yeah. meatballs and some chips, and then if you're in dinner a really long time, you can get a really, really cheap hot dog on the way out as well. Um, I have replaced the shelves in my cabinet, though. I'll be honest. Um, I've seen some horror stories online of um, where a glass shelf's gone yeah and it's taken out the entire cabinet so i have replaced mine with um there's a again like sam's seen the steel sheets you can there's a company that was on ebay that does perspex yeah there's quite a, there's a couple um, isn't there that, that do the yeah. retrofit ones yeah yeah um and i've replaced the, the three glass shelves in mine with perspex just in case no, I think they're, they're originally designed, aren't they? So people can add extra shelves because the gaps are quite high, aren't they? For if you were just putting yeah, infantry size models, but clips and you, it clips to the metal uprights, and then you add the shelf on top. But yeah, I've I've just replaced the the, mm. the general shelves of perspex, but um, mm, I'll definitely like. Worth a look. I do want something bespoke one day. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's should we just go through some of the other things that 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 are on the market that people if you if you are if you are new to um storage and um stuff things stuff you can think about so we've got a little list here so we've obviously covered gw and kr and 
battle foam we kind of touched on it that I, i've used it they also do their own version of the ak so i don't know what they call it but essentially you've got a yeah, a, a stacker kind of thing isn't yeah it? you've got metallic sort of shelves that, that stack up and then you've got a bag that goes around the outside of it um judging by all the other stuff they've had i'm sure that it's it's fantastic um so i've talked about tabletop tyrant if you look for an affordable kind of foam style bag and you haven't looked at them before really do check them out because they're really i don't think you find better value versus quality really cool um i saw something online the other day saw them called case farm or the dave case um and they look a bit like the new gw cases on the outside so they're like hard plastic chunky really strong cases but with foam but sort of more standard foam on the inside uh, we've talked about a case there's Feldher, and i probably pronounced that wrong but they've been around for ages and they do all kinds of different sizes especially smaller ones it seems like we're looking at those skirmishy yeah. type things and uh, a lot of um specially cut foam inserts that are specific for certain games as well so yeah. um some of the uh kickstarter um miniature games they've released they'll actually release a specific sheet for that or they'll do inserts that you that are cut to the box yeah the games come in yeah which i found really interesting so uh my bro bought the resident evil 2 um board game and they yep. do an insert that fits into the box that it comes in and then all the models will go in it that makes sense some of the extras. i think that's a really good idea some of some of that stuff's a really really nice idea battle foam do that a lot as well they seem to be the biggest mm. for licenses don't they? i think kr have done a couple as well um i haven't yeah, looked at kr stuff for ages actually um and there are lots of other foam bag sort of standard foam companies out there and lots of them are now different i had a little look the other day and half of the ones that i used to know didn't exist obviously we're looking at mainly uk based here um i think in the us there's quite a few other companies and i'm sure it's the same with other people listening around the world they'll have their own um more localized companies that make storage that do similar things they might be your own kind of more budget or just a different option um we talked about magnets and steel, old toolboxes. I think we've pretty much covered um, everything. Anyone could think of anything else, kind of, that you could use to take your army to a um, an event, and it's not a Tesco's carrier bag and um, just chuck all your plastics in the bottom, which we've all seen at some point or other. But if anyone can think of anything <laughs> we've missed that's good, definitely get in touch and uh, point us in the direction. I'll, I'll post up when the, the day this airs. Um, show us what you've got. Mm. show us your solution show us your display cases that's your opportunity to show off and um, show us how you get your models to an event if it is in a tesco carrier bag you can show us that as well we promise not to laugh (laughs) um yeah i think that'd be a really good idea as well because everyone likes to show off what they do there's a couple of hashtags that kick around instagram for that of um you know warhammer display case etc so it'd be interesting to see how do you display yours absolutely maybe so when i you you mentioned earlier when we were talking about like the hobby room etc and you've seen that video um that was something i did for top table gaming i I did a bit of a tour of my room as part of a community vlog thing as i said at the time i'm not sure i delivered it quite late to to ben so i'm not sure whether that'll make its way out into their thing but i might do another one for our youtube channel but maybe we could all do a little like a little two minute video tour of our desk or our hobby storage we can post them up in facebook as well and then other people can you don't have to do a video if you don't want to you can just do pictures oh, and things no. but maybe we can start um you uh, two can do inspiring models from two foot desk space <laughs> <laughs> but maybe something to do in, a, in, a, in a, the next week or so um um yeah to do some little videos of our um, hobby spaces and start a bit of a a, a thread on our um on our page um 
I might be a bit busy this week doing it, but next week I should have some time to time to do it. Um, but I think we've kind of covered it. One thing I do want to mention, actually, that it sort of popped up our, in the GBHL a couple of days ago, which fits right into this category, and, and any of you listening to this that are in the GBHL have probably seen it. So Jacob Mundin, I don't know him, but he, I've seen him post a lot in there. He's posted up his kind of really cool display solution. He's bought these card drawers from Amazon, um, I think it's like five ninety nine for a set of three card drawers in like a mini unit. I think it looks like A4 sized again. They're designed to hold papers on a desktop. And he's got images that he prints off and fits on the front of the drawer. And they're really cool images. I don't know where he's got them from. But um, so that you basically all say like Isogard inventory and there'll be some pictures to go with it as well. And he's got, this guy's got like one of these got all the factions kind of collector. Um, and he's got them all stacked up with all these different images on and it's absolutely brilliant how he then what he does then does when he goes to events i don't know i'm guessing he puts them in the foam and takes them i suppose you could look up well i think he, he took a picture of one of them with the drawers open and the models were just kind of slightly thrown in there which someone commented there was a bit of a strange thing to do and make all these beautiful drawers and then the models just chucked in but i think they were plastic so just fallen over they're probably not that damaged or anything but um you could do what we're talking about and put some metal sheeting and magnetize so you can actually do a bit of a um, it's like a combination of the two, and maybe those drawers would fit inside a, uh, a really useful box, and that would be great, wouldn't it? Which army are taking, pull the drawer out, whack it in the unit, really useful box, and take it away. If you've got a lot of armies and you haven't got space to display them, display them. This could be a really good thing. I can't post the link in the in the um, the show notes because obviously GBHL is a private um, group, so I couldn't I couldn't I wanted to post the link to the to the post, but you can't do that. But if you search Jacob. Um, with a C, Jacob Mundin, um, in the GBHL, you'll find that post. Um, it'll be a fairly recent one. Um, so, yeah, go and, go and have a look if you haven't seen it. But very, very cool. wanted to give him a shout-out because it looks pretty cool. Right. Uh, final final thing from me, if it's okay. Yes. Um, I don't know whether it seems to be for everyone, but the old-school GW cases that Dan and I were talking about that are like a suitcase with the little clips on the side, um, they seem to be... In Facebook buy and sell groups, Gumtree, they seem to be the cheapest option yeah. I've seen out of everything. And I don't know if you guys agree. I could be absolutely talking about them, but uh, you see a lot of them. Yeah, you see a lot of them in very, very cheap. Yeah, and people you clearing buy, out. Stuff. You can buy replacement foam specifically for the old school GW cases. For yes, for a tenner for the replacement foam. So if you're looking for quite a cheap. Uh, version of uh, getting started with a case. I think in terms of the size and the value of it, the uh, the old school GW cases I think are probably your best bet. I'd feel yep. free to agree or don't agree. Uh, there's definitely enough around that go for very, very cheap. And I know KR and I know that Battle Foam and probably other companies will make foam. You can go in and buy just foam and you'll search and some of them will say G- GW whatever case style foam. Um, I bet they're now making foam that fits in the newer cases as well, of different shapes and sizes. Um, exactly not. They're not. Oh, okay. No, that's the one I can't seem to find. Maybe they're a bit worried about the um, whatever GW have done to copyright that size of foam cut or something or other. But the older style you could definitely get, and they were, and you can get different amount of like cubes for spaces for models in them as well. So you'll get sort of large thirty-two millimeter heroic model, or you can get smaller twenty-eight, and you actually get 
more models on the traits if you've got dwarves or a lot of obviously a lot of lord of the rings models are, are quite small they're more more kind of historical scale more true scale than the other stuff in the gw line so you can often get slightly smaller foam for your inventory as long as they're not spearmen or something um you can get a lot more on per layer then um you can definitely be like you said be a cheap way of cheap way of doing it yeah, I mean, KR definitely do that. Um, or just buy a card case from KR with you know with those things as well. They won't, they'll be relatively yeah. cheap, around the £20 mark or something. So. I was going to say, if you wanted to go new, I'd probably look at the KR cardboard cases as a starter, yeah. as uh-huh. an entry level, because you can bespoke fill. That what they do is they assign the KR case um, a number of KR units, and yeah. your foam layers make up like 0.5 of a KR unit or whatever so it roughly tells you how much you can fit in there yep. um, and if as I, and I've done this um, I got it slightly wrong I placed my order and they actually came back to me by email and said um, look that's that's wrong it won't fit properly you either got too much space or you've not got enough space in the case to get everything you want in it uh, we would recommend this that's and good. they're very very good about it um, customer service I, for them is excellent yeah absolutely I absolutely cannot fault it um Another instance, um, uh, Pete again had a similar similar problem. They um, he had a problem with the, one of the clasps um, on his, and they sent him a new one. Brilliant. And have it. it's not even a conventional spare, and they just sent him another one. And said, yeah, if you can fix that, that'll square your way. No problem. Fantastic. They are very very good. Again, I've not dealt with any of the others. Others may have a very similar level of customer service, but I cannot speak highly enough of KR. Yeah. Um, Their take... custom builder on the KR website as well is fantastic. You mm-hmm. basically tell them what you want it to go in that box and they'll tell you what does and doesn't fit. Yeah. I've not used it for years, but I used to use it for war machine stuff. Um Tabletop Tyrant as well, you can they do their card ones, they would fit into that affordable range as well. And they've got a like a builder on their website so you choose the thickness of your foam, whether you want it to be pluck foam or whether you want it to do you know, how many slot sizes and things and you can stack it up as well so you can see what fits in the, the case that you've chosen whether that's a soft case or a medium these are like three levels of case like a soft bag a, a firmer bag or the card bags or boxes so you again you can choose what you need for, for those as well and there are definitely very affordable basic options if you just want you know, if you've got a sort of a, a 600 point um first spg army that's predominantly foot stuff you can do it very cheaply definitely right so has anyone got anything else we want to cover with that before we move on or do you think we've we've covered it all no i need to say um we'll put a post up please feel free to share what uh, what you use yeah absolutely we'll we'll do it we'll do it a few days after the the show goes up so we'll get enough people to listen to it first and realize what we're on about and then we'll follow it up with a with a post and we'll all uh, post our hobby spaces in there right then so um we will go for a short break now and come back with heroic deathmatch <laughs> We're back again, and it's time for another heroic death match. So, Dan, you uh, chose these. Who, who have you? For, we mentioned on the last show, but for a reminder for those people who can't remember or didn't listen to the last show, who have we got coming up today? All right. Well, I thought we'd go vintage on this one. So, um, we're looking at old school Shire here. We're looking at when Golfinball, uh, Orc chieftain, invaded the Shire and was defeated by uh, Bandabras Took, the Bull Roarer, who. Uh, knocked his head clean off and went down a rabbit hole and invented <laughs> golf apparently uh, but we thought we'd revisit that because not only is it a very thematic lineup it's actually a little bit left field it's pretty cool it's, it's got hobbits it's got orcs 
what more can you want? Um, they're also pretty reasonably matched in terms of points. Um, they're both 40 points. Uh, the point to note here is Vanderbrass technically does come with a horse, but we have made the decision to run everyone as if they were on foot. So we're discounting the horse from his profile. Goldfimble has the option to upgrade and take a WAG. Obviously, we've not given him that. So there is a slight disparity of points once you take that into consideration because Vanderbrass would have paid for a horse otherwise. Yeah. But we're just discounting that for this particular matchup for those who are listening and going, what about his horse? Yes, He's exactly. We would have, yeah, in order to keep them both. Um, we don't want to give someone a horse. To be honest with you... Um, it would have given the option for someone to choose whether they're killing his mount or killing him. Or when there's when you're locked in combat the way we're doing it as it is, so no one's charging in, you're already starting in base to base contact, then you know, you're not really gaining a lot from that. You're just gonna go for rider anyway, because that person's never gonna get the bonus of being able to charge. And there's no other game context for it. So the only way to balance that side of it would be to put um, golfing bull on his wag, which means that he would then be another 10 points more. So you still get that 10 point dis- disparity. So it makes the same. It makes no real difference anyway. Um, we'd have had to have started them a couple of inches away from each other and roll for priority. And the person who got the charge um, would have got a little bonus in that first round. So that would be the other way we could have done it. But we're, we're sticking with what we've done and, and keeping them on foot. Um, so before we get into their profiles, I um, just want to um, make a couple of notes. So I want to thank um, um, Chris for providing the music for um, Heroic Deathmatch and the music that um, you've had a bit of intro music already and the music you'll hear playing in the background soon, Chris has done for us um, so that we've got some nice, cool, royalty-free music to play for this segment, which is really, really cool. And he's done that in his own time. So thank you very much, Chris, for doing that. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and then we've had a couple of messages about... Um, you know, we, we called out and said, who would people like to see? So we thought we'd just uh, give these guys a bit of a shout out and, and share what they said for those of you that might not have seen the, seen it in the group. So, Dan, do you want to do you want to start with, with Ben's message and what he suggested? Yeah, Ben Taylor um, messaged into us, which uh, is great. Thanks for uh, that. He just finished episode 12 at the time um, and that he'd um, found another avenue of Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game Entertainment uh, in uh, Derry. So um, he does say that he's finishing up his son's Rohaz horse. He has finished that now, and it looks fantastic. I would advise anyone to go and have a look at that. He is uh, Luther underscore did underscore nothing underscore wrong on um, Instagram, but we can always uh, pop a little note onto the uh, latest show release with that on there just so you know where you can find him. Well worth a look at his Rohan um, or his sons. So he's... Uh, <laughs> written into us saying you'd like to see uh, Eowyn slash Merry slash Theoden versus the Witch King, Aragorn uh, versus the Mouth of Sauron, um, Thorin versus Thranduil, you know, just for a kicks. Um, they need to have a good fight. I think, you know, hug it out. Um, the Gandalf Saruman card game to run that. I think that's something we've definitely looked at. Mm, something we're going to look uh, at in a little bit more detail to see how we could make it work. If we can make it work so that it's an interesting for you guys to listen to, we may well do something with that because we want to play it. Yep, absolutely. And um, Gandalf versus the Balrog, which I think could be a really interesting matchup because it depends if you use grey or white <laughs> for that one. Um, and then just for, you know, celebrity matches just for fun, Aragorn versus Boromir, who is the hardest, and Legolas versus Gimli, finally answer that, who is better after all in the end. So, um, yeah, he's uh, sort of thanked us for everything. So thank you very much to Ben for getting in touch with us. Anyone else you'd like to... Uh, give us some suggestions um just ask for bits and pieces from us any uh, contributions towards what we could do on the cast is much appreciated 
so yeah thanks very much i like those last couple actually with all the campsite training um sparring or uh be quite cool uh, just shows that this aside from uh when we if we run out of kind of famous well we shouldn't do but if we run out of famous battles re- recreations we can also look at those fun options as well and uh I'm sure Aragorn and Boromir and Legolas and Gimli could have done a little bit of uh, sparring and, and in the evenings at the camps. Remember the scenes with Boromir teaching the Merry and Pippin how to um, fight and stuff. So some of that was going on, wasn't it? So that'd be cool. Um, so Wes also got in touch. Uh, as he said, so another good listener. Thanks for the shout out, Stuart. So this was my old, old, old uni friend, a long time friend that I didn't know was gaming. Um, I'll just mention on the last show. Um, so he, he'll have another vote for the two big boys of magic so he wants to see Gandalf and Saruman um, uh, some Hobbit action as well so we'd like to see Sam and or Frodo versus Gollum or Sam versus Shalob that might be could be cool but yeah he's put short battle that one um, without wishing to overcomplicate things I had an idea for an FA Cup style knockout competition uh, for matchups say 16 or 13 two heroes to decide the winner so I did reply to him with that one but I thought I'd um, go talk about that and we might have done this on the, on the first show we did deathmatch but we discussed this as originally what we were going to do because this was inspired by something that jay claire did as a War, warhammer community article um it which wasn't called um heroic deathmatch that's not where i got the name from i don't know where they, i don't know where they got the name from for the for the for the later aos 140k ones um but um we 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 knew that we were probably only going to do one of these a show as a bit of a a bit of a fun sort of 10 15 minute light hearted segment and we wanted to know whether people would really keep have the interest going if this was going to go on episode after episode after episode not to say that we might not do something in the future or maybe we'll uh, do a whole segment when we have like a we do them all in one go so we'd like a, a 45 minute segment and we we take it through so like a mini mini competition or something we may do it and there might be fun ways of doing it as well. We don't necessarily have to do all big heroes. We could have like Rumble in the Shire or something like that to all these all these really small minor heroes and things. Um, My money's have... <laughs> <laughs> It could be it could be fun. It could be good fun to do something like that. So it's not a no, um, but we probably for, for for the sort of the basic context and layout of the show, we're kind of going to do it the way we are for now. But I do like that idea, and we did think about it. But it might be a bit of a special we do it for. Um, but, but yeah, thanks, thanks for Wes as well for coming up with some ideas. And like Dan was saying, anyone got any ideas of the who'd like to see? Get in touch, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can accommodate. So anyway, back to back to what we what we're here to do today: the fight between Golfing Ball and Banderbrass Took. Um, Dan, do you want to? You're you're using Banderbrass today, aren't you? So you've gone. Uh, You've gone. Yes. You've gone good. Um, would you like to just sort of run us through his his profile and what he's got? Well, poor Lama, as it's been going so far, I've probably jinxed him now. But um, <laughs> right, so I'll just run through his profile. He is a Hobbit, so he is movement four. He has fight uh, three, three plus, uh, strength of three, defense of four, two attacks, two wounds, five courage, two might, one will, one fate. Uh, so he comes with a club, normally a horse, but we're not doing the horse today uh he has heroic strike and heroic strength resistance to magic and throw stones so for a hobbit he's pretty hard yeah he is isn't he and he's we honestly i made the comments of them the last shows that i have no idea about these profiles but i kind of we were kind of guessing that maybe golfing was going to be a lot a lot stronger and it could be another tough matchup for uh for banderbrass um but he's got some he's got some things there that can help so obviously he's got strike which um 
obviously um, we'll find out in a minute that Goldfinn Ball has two, but it's important as we know, and I think it's the most important heroic in, in, in these fights. Um, and club could be useful as well, um, because if you if you yes. can stun, that could be really, really big in this in this matchup. Um, could be really, really cool. So I like that. I like I like the matchup between these two. And while there is ten points difference in them, um, there's not a massive amount of differences. I think you could play this ten times and, and potentially go either way. You know, five or you know, I think it's close enough that it's it's a, a good little fight. This. Um, so yeah, it'd be cool. Um, so Goldfimble, um he's a uh, a 40 point character as we've as, um, Dan said at the beginning who um, can take a while to go up to 10 points we're, we're obviously running on one foot today he's move 6 which would be irrelevant in this in the way we play the game here he's fight 3 his shooting is 4 but obviously that makes no difference he's strength 4 defence 5 so that's where he's a pip higher on each of those than Bandabras and that's kind of like the probably where the extra 10 points on the profile are going really um, so it means that he's going to be wounding on a 4 whereas Bandabras is going to be wounding on a 5 um, but he is also 2 attacks 2 wounds um, 1 courage less so he's only courage 4 but again we're not going to be using that in this in, in this game he is 2 might as well 2 will which we obviously won't be using he's no fate um, but he's got a special rule called impressive girth um, and basically he gets a 5 up um invulnerable for people that play other game systems um so any wounds that are caused that are not magical um he gets a five up roll and if you if he makes his five up roll that wound is saved so rather than spending fate for a four up he just gets these five up rolls on every single wound so again it makes it harder to save but you know if he does survive one he can keep surviving throughout the game rather than once your one fate's gone with with band of brass is gone so it could go either way with these. It's, it's, it's quite hard to predict, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, I say it's quite hard to predict, but do you have a prediction? I'm kind of 60% in the favour of Golfimble because obviously the defence um, and the strength can give him an edge. Um, yeah. But it is a hand and a half mace. Uh-huh. I'm with the same fight. So, you know, even if we both, you know, Strike and end up in the same place. If I roll a six, yeah, that's it. I win. I have the option, as you rightly said, to stun. Yeah, which would then give an edge because the next fight, I'm you know pretty much guaranteed to win it, and then then you can start clobbering because of that the second one you'd go strength. Yes, yeah, uh, definitely. So that would be yeah. So it's difficult. I mean, I I looked at the hand and half, and I thought, well, it's a risk, isn't it? There's only two mm-hmm. dice as well. It's not if you were in a part of a bigger combat. Um, and you had a lot more dice in there, then I think I'd be definitely be using the, the hand and a half and not worrying about you know his fight value going down. But I think in a one or you know a one on one like this, um, yeah, especially if you've gone stun, if you declare stun, it'd be very you know very brave for me to declare the hand and a half. If I uh, roll badly and then you you win that and you stun, then the next turn I'm just sitting there waiting for you to to, to sort of squish me really. Um, and five ups are harder than four ups, so I don't know. But um, yeah, we will. People will play it differently. I'm sure. I'm sure people will say no. You've got to use your hand and a half. You need that. You need to be rolling three up to actually kill. Because if I get the hand and a half, and I happen, that's the big risk, I suppose. So we'll be. I'm guessing we'll. we'll I'm assuming we'll both strike, um, and then it's the. It's down to whether we'll be um, making regular regular strikes or whether we'll be using. Um, I'm going to use hand and a half, or whether you're going to use stun and things. Mm, yeah, I think that's going to be it. So. 
Absolutely right then. So there's no priority. We're already we're already in there. So um, are you striking? Oh, of course I'm striking. So uh, we will mark off a mighty. So we're both striking, and let's roll the dice. Um, are you sorry? Are you going to be are you going to be using stun or I'm not oh, going. I'll be using stun. I'm not going hand and half. Okay. Ooh, so I've only strike. rolled four high. Oh, Ooh, I've rolled three dice as well, so that's a bit naughty. <laughs> Let me re-roll that with two dice. Need to roll strike to add to our fight value first. Oh god, yeah. I'm well ahead of myself. <laughs> let's go back. Re -roll. Let's go back. Right. So we're both striking. Let's roll to strike. Oh, uh, one. So I'm roll of three. <laughs> so. Right. So you'll you'll fight six, and I'll fight four. Okay. Mm. So I'm going stun. Oh, I've got fives. I can't see your second dice from from the camera angle. Uh, five and four, five high, so you've got double fives, so right, you win then. on the strike. So needing fours, um, nothing. Nothing. So, nothing. Right. I'm gonna again gonna strike. Yeah, me too. So that's both of our. We've we've got through our might already. Oh, I've got a four. Big six. Big six. I've got a four as well. So we're same same, same fight value. So we burnt through okay. our might. Right then, going you're going for stun. I am. Um... No, just normal. Ooh, five high. Six. Got a six, right. So, I've got uh, two chances with each of these. On a five plus, I will stun you. And he stuns him on a five and a one. So, Fantastic. he has stunned you, boshed him right on the helmet, so and I... put him down in the dirt. So, I am now fight value one for. Uh... For the next or for the next turn, to the end of the next turn, and the tax value and one, tax value as well. one as well. So makes a big difference. And we're not, See, we're, out of, we're out of might, so it is yeah, just a, just a straight one dice for me. Um, fight three, and I've rolled so a one. So double five, so that's uh, that's me wins the, the the fight on that one or the duel. Let's so uh, strength three versus defensive five. So. Let's fives. see what I get. Two fives yeah. to kill oh, I say kill him. He's got his uh, impressive girth. Oh, one and a two. One so and a two. <laughs> this may go on. <laughs> this, yeah. Uh, okay then. Well, we're both just back to normal. Um, yeah. Again, I'm just just normal. I'm not using the hand and a half. And I'm right. five high. Oh, you win that combat then. So paused. Yes, I've got one. Right, I'm going to use my single point of fate, and I roll a six. So Three. yes, so he, uh, he saved by fate. We whipping through all of the uh, resources here, shall we say? That's a very strong hat he's got on, I think. So back right. again. Are you stunning, or are you? Uh... Um, I'm. I'm just going to have to go for it. I think. Right. Out of, uh, strikes, well, six high for me. Or one and a two. Right. Come on, fours. Two. So that's done. Oh, he's just <laughs> six him. and a four. So he smashed his skull in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wasn't to be. Mm. So I'm just taking be. a taking a huge slurp of iced coffee as we're uh, as we're doing that. Um, at least that went on for a few rounds, um, and it showed that it was fairly close. And you know, it's could go either way with those with those profiles and the, and the, and the way that um, things were set up. Not many resources. Um, burning through them quite quick naturally to do strike because it's so important there to make sure so neither has got it in the end but um, that was cool and uh, it was uh, good it shows that I am a 
terrible jinx to whatever hero. So I think next one, I play as Smaug and you play as Bilbo. You can play as Smaug, one of built it, even though we're not using models, but you can play as Smaug. We might have to do that, actually. We might have to uh, do a kind of... I don't know how to do it. I'll think of a way of doing it. Obviously, it won't be one hero against him. We'll have to... Um, find something unbalanced and see how it works it could be fun or it could just be really boring to listen to actually we will see we will see um have you got any reflections obviously i was just rabbling on there but have you got any reflections on on that anything that we think we should have done differently no i think there's they were reasonably well lined up um there was always an outside edge as i said to begin with with the increased defense for yeah. golfing ball and the fact that he's generally wounding on board or you know a, a successful strike on a four rise and a successful strike on a five yes that is a huge deal in, in any dice game you're playing fours to fives is it is, is quite a, a step change um but he's a plucky hobbit <laughs> yeah. you gotta you gotta fight for the, the little guy and they don't come littler than hobbits so yeah it's a shame that sam couldn't be the one to do him. i'm sure that sam would have been the perfect hobbit but um <laughs> yeah it's been it's been really good fun and uh we'll have to think about which one we want to do next i think we could possibly take one off uh yeah Ben's list. yeah i think we could and then uh anyone else would like to uh get involved and uh put in some uh you know um requests or suggestions by all means get in touch yes please do yeah just one thing i didn't add that i think that the the key for you there was that you were unlucky after you'd stunned me. Um, yeah, that would have been that would have been the the, the key there. Really is, but I suppose as good as stun is, um, as just doing the job of of strike and helping you win in the helping you win in the first combat. When you still need fives afterwards, it's uh, it's, it's a bit tough. But as a it's combo, if you imagine him in the in the on the on the game where there's more more people involved in that combat, then then yeah, that can be a really well. good way of taking down something something big as well. That's how I use my Mattox. Yeah. I'm stepping in from the side and clobbering heroes and then my captains just stab people to death it's the best way to run them um, I think as a support option special strike it's amazing but as a character it's limited it yeah. doesn't it sets you up for next turn but you've got to survive this one so it's yeah it's, it's, it's good fun though and it's nice to do a, a different mechanic yeah definitely definitely slash it at each other yeah. Well, they, these are fun little things, um, and it was like 15, 10, 15 minutes of each time, and um, well, we are enjoying doing them. Hopefully, people are enjoying listening to them. So, what we'll do is we'll go for a tiny little break, then we will come back and close the showdown. <laughs> Thank you for making it to the end of another Out of the Frying Pan podcast. So, um, hopefully it, we're not boring you too much we're, we're these days of no games to play um, it's harder we want to talk about the games we've been playing the events we've been to and there's no releases at the moment for obvious reasons as well so a lot of the things that uh, we had on our list to do isn't there so we thought we'd talk about something a little bit different today so hopefully people still got something out of that uh, hopefully next episode we'll have some guests on for you won't say who yet because we're just still trying to nail down a time but uh, hopefully we'll have some guests that people might like to hear from um, but Dan have you got um, anything you want to shout out or say before we uh, close the show Dan oh, just the usual so um, let's get Legion of Peterborough um, and everyone who's putting out great quality content at the moment um, obviously the, the GBHL live streams are going ahead there's some great stuff on YouTube in general I've been finding more of that so um, there's lots of stuff to keep us occupied as to echo what Stu said um, it's a bit difficult to run commentary on the state of the game when the game isn't moving 
So uh, thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we've got some grand plans for the future when normal life resumes a little more. So thanks for bearing with us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we we just made some plans there before in between recording segments actually about things we're going to do that's that's not kind of that's a bit more directly game related. Um, it's about making sure that they work well over an audio format, but we have a couple of interesting ideas to do. Um, so hopefully, they will work out well. Um, for myself, um, I just want to give out a couple of come across, come across a couple of new podcasts. Actually, um, one of them is a, a full-on uh, strategy battle game podcast called the Durin Show. Um, I think they followed us on Instagram, and then I didn't realise whether it was a, it was quite new at the time. It was one of them. I think it was a new account, and there wasn't much on there. And I followed back, and then I um, came across them again and found their podcast on on Apple iTunes. So go and search it. It's obviously if it's on iTunes, it's going to be on other medium formats and things. Um, and based in America, they got quite about maybe five or six shows out. Um, I'm not quite finished the first show yet it's very good um so go and check them out if you're looking for more um audio only i don't think they do on youtube they maybe do um audio only kind of available in your podcatcher kind of um shows um rather than sort of the the youtube based ones and then another one i came across was um strategy game stooges and i was chatting to one of their hosts nick on instagram a little bit they do cover more games than just um um middle earth strategy battle game um, they definitely cover that that's one of the things they do I think Legion and things as well I think they've got six episodes out now I've been listening I think I've listened to most of them I'm even listening to the sixth episode today and they gave us a shout out so thank you for that Nick um, I think some of their shows have been about Legion and things like that so again if you're into strategy battle game and other games um, go and uh, go and check them out as well also US based so there's more and more um, podcasts covering SPG which is really really good uh, so yeah go and, go and have a listen um, and then to pimp ourselves um, if you haven't already should have just record this and put it in as a spiel at the end of the video uh, but if you haven't already please head over to Facebook if you're on Facebook and um, um, like or follow our page um, and then join our Facebook group and, and interact on there and you can follow us on Instagram at OOTFP podcast and on Twitter at OOTFP and if you just want to email us directly you can at OOTFP podcast at gmail.com so please get in touch if there's anything you want to say um, um i know we've had a few um, a few more interactions to do with uh, the deathmatch stuff which you heard earlier in the show but uh, yeah if you've got anything else you want to talk about any suggestions for the show please get in touch and we can read your letters and stuff out if you want to as well but take care keep safe and all the rest and uh, we'll catch you in a week or two Run!